Welcome to Through the Line, the Agency Squared podcast with me, Andy Barjuri. In today's show, we're exploring the world of social e-commerce in China and what it takes to start up a new agency in the UK on the other side of the planet to your home country. And I'm exploring these with Sabrina Wan from the agency Dawn Rider. Sabrina moved to the UK about two years ago with her husband Terence and young family to set up her new agency, focusing on helping Western brands to market in China and specifically to exploit the enormous opportunity of e-commerce. I hope that you enjoy the show. Sabrina, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Andy. Nice How to are meet you? you. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. Good, good, good. Thank you for coming on to the show today. I've been trying to pin you down for a little while, so I'm glad we yeah, eventually. Sorry, got you. <laughs> always busy doing different things. <laughs> well, such is the nature of agency life, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. No matter when we were in China or here in UK, always busy. Busy is good. Busy is definitely good. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll try and really briefly introduce you and then you can correct me where I go wrong uh, because I just want to let the listeners know what I understand about you. Okay. Uh, so tell me where I go wrong. So I know you as someone that spent 15 or so years in big agencies in China working for big blue chip brands, helping them to run PR campaigns, to sell their product through social e-commerce platforms in China. And then about, what, a year and a half, two years ago, you decided to come over here, set yeah. up your own UK shop, helping yeah. British brands to go to China and helping Chinese brands to work with British creative talent. Is that about right? Does that kind of sum it up? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you, you do a really very good summary of who I am. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I've been having 16 years agency life in China, very focused in the brand marketing area. I do nothing else, just uh, the agency life. Yeah, and yeah, as you mentioned, I started the career as a PR professional and uh, uh, with the growing demand with different brands, uh, our business expand to different areas, uh, as you mentioned, like the social e-commerce, yeah, advertisement, and yeah, a lot of things like that. Um, the reason I why we start the Don't Rider here in UK is just as you mentioned, to be as a bridge to these two markets, uh, which we think uh, there, there is huge opportunities to brands here in UK and also the clients in China. Um, we, we, we are trying to be a good bridge and trying to translate not only the language, but the culture and all the other things and the ways how we run business in different markets and try, yeah, trying to bring more brilliant cases to China and also trying to open China's big market to the brands here in UK. Perfect. That's mainly what we do. Okay, good. So I, I kind of understand that pretty well. And, and I think you're making some waves. You just mentioned a case study of a, a new client. Can I mention the name of the new client or is that? Yeah, definitely, yeah. So you've just started to work with BrewDog, which is really exciting, yes. helping them to establish a, their social e-commerce channel and, and perhaps even a a bar in China as well, which is really exciting. We're trying to help them to establish the start starting point of the social and e-commerce. Yeah. Perfect. What an exciting brand to work with. You know, they're certainly doing. That's very yeah. great, very interesting. And I know they are very good at doing the community um, here in UK and has a good reputation on it. And this is really an important part in China's business now. Ah, perfect. Because okay. different different brands just try their best to, to maintain their customers, which means they create different communities to, to engage with their customers, to, to build uh, even uh, strengthen the bondings with the brand and customers and become the real part of their everyday life. Mm. So that is how we, we do the communication in China, helping the brands to maintain their own community. 
So more of a relationship marketing approach. Yeah, relationship marketing. Yeah, as as um, we mentioned that there is a new word, uh, but it's not a new concept. The new word is e-commerce. It's social e-commerce. And um, for for the past decade, we talk a lot about the commerce, e-commerce, uh, which is mainly focusing on the big platform like Alibaba, like JD. And from 2018, brands start looking at how to run their own e-commerce and which is mainly on the social territory, which they've already been building. Like how, how can they integrate it, the social communication and their e-commerce to make it more okay. efficient? So most people listening to this will probably be in the UK or from the West, not in China. So they might not be so familiar with what that e-commerce landscape looks over in China. So over mm-hmm. here in most of the Western world, e-commerce is dominated by Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a completely different story in China, isn't it? You mentioned Alibaba and JD.com there. Mm-hmm. But then even they're not the only players, are they? And it's such a massive market. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. It's such a massive market. Uh, but a bit different with the market in UK and US because I recently read a report quite interesting comparing with the a U.S. market, not the U.K., but I think it's quite similar, just to take U.S. as an example. Uh, if I remember it right, the top 10 uh, web, uh, e-commerce websites in U.S. Uh, account for like 17% of the whole market share. But within this top 10, there are big names besides of Amazon. There are like Apple, there are Walmart. Uh, so, which means these top 10 have the platform e-commerce and also the brand-owned e-commerce. Okay. But in China, it's completely different. Okay. The top, like top 10, not top 11 e-commerce platforms are all platform e-commerce, which means they are big names like Alibaba, like JD, and so like Suning, like all these big names. And the top two, which is Alibaba and JD, they are they count for over eighty percent of the market share. Correct. So they dominate. That's huge, isn't it? 80%. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's huge. But also, but Sabrina, the, as well, the size of the market is enormous because obviously China is a, a country with one point how many? One point two billion people. You know, so the. I think more. <laughs> more <than laughs> I, you know, I'm not. I'm quite a bit slow with the numbers, but I know it's an even bigger number, like yeah. 1.4. It's 1.4 now, is it? Okay. So, I mean, a vast market, you know, I think if we put the US and the European Union together, we haven't got a population of that mm-hmm. size, I don't think. So, so it just gives you a sense of scale and also the dominance of those big players, those big e-commerce platforms. So by social e-commerce, what do you mean by that? So just break that down from e-commerce for me. Okay. Uh, social e-commerce, it's a new word in China, but I don't think it's a new concept. Okay. Uh, comparing with the UK market and US market, you've already have this kind of business model uh, just on the different platform. So we take a brand as an example. If a brand wants to start their e-commerce, there are two ways they can do it. First, they go to like the Amazon, like Alibaba we have. That is what we call a platform business model, the the e-commerce platform, whatever you call. And next one is that this brand can start their own website to have this e-commerce, which is a brand owned it. And this is what we call the brand-owned e-commerce. And in China, there are different ways to do this brand-owned e-commerce. You can do it like a app, which um, which is easy. You can have your own website. You can have your own app, and also you can have your your own uh, HTML, which is easy to yep. fit for the different format, and also. Uh, as everything in China is combined into WeChat, we have mini program on WeChat. Uh, when we say mini program, it is a term used by WeChat, and you can just as simply think it is a light app. You don't need to install this app. You just uh, 
um, get into it through a link shared by your friend or share share from your WeChat moment, and you can get into that that site or that okay. app, whatever you you call it. So that so, resides within the WeChat wrapper. So it's a it's a, it's yeah, a shop meaningful. within the WeChat platform. Yes, mini program is within the WeChat platform and it can be shared so easily. Um, so uh, fundamentally to this e-commerce, this social e-commerce, it is a brand of e-commerce, but it is conducted on the social platforms and it is conducted uh, with different formats. It's not like a PC website, but it's in like different t- like like you you can have the website you can have the mini program there are a lot of yeah. choices yeah it's a combination of doing the sales uh, within the social communication uh, because recently uh, I read an interesting report about how the Chinese people being influenced by the social communication so uh, in this report it is said that like eighteen two percent of the consumers have already made up their mind to choose a brand before they even get into the sales channel, the traditional sales channel, okay. which I mean like the supermarket, um, like the the platform e-commerce store. So when they get into it, they've already made up their mind. So how can they make this, how can this over 82% of people made up their mind before they, they start their purchase journey. That is because during their daily conversation with their friends, with people who, who they trusted, they have already decided which brand they're going to choose. So which means nowadays in China, people um, have you know completely different approach uh, to be influenced by the brand mm. as what we do in the past years. Um, I, I, I work with PNG for several years and they have their system like how you catch it, you engage with them, how you turn them. But now you don't know how can how can you see the new information. It is a totally new business model. So brands even like PNG, they change their business model. They put a lot of energy on the social communication, social e-commerce. That is they influence their, their customers from daily communication okay and another another very interesting figure i want to share is that uh, as i mentioned over 82 percent people have already made up their mind to choose a brand even before they start the journey and it is said that over 77 percent of the consumers would like to share their experience of buying the product before and after they made this purchase. For example, I'm a mom of a five years old, and if I buy milk for my my daughter before I do the purchase, maybe I will share this piece of information to get more of my friends to buy together with me, which we call it a group purchase. Okay. Then I can have a better discount, and after I I I buy it. Uh, and I use it, my daughter loves it, I would be very happy to share it in my WeChat um, moment to, to the friends I know to see, oh, I recommend it. Uh, by doing this, it's not only share the happiness, it's not only like a show of my little girl, and also I, I can get some extra benefits, like maybe I can get a coupon for the second purchase. So this is to say that the Chinese brands are creating a lot of mechanism to engage with their customers, okay. to, to encourage them to share um, with their friends before and after the purchase. So I think so that's, just, that's kind of very similar to, to the West, isn't it, in terms of that purchase journey, that buying journey has really shifted yeah. where we do much more research up front before we start to engage with a brand. So mm-hmm. let's say I'm thinking about buying a new electric toothbrush because that's an example we've been talking yeah. about. <laughs> that's you know, true. I'll, I'll do a lot of research before I start to engage with those brands uh, directly. So before I go to Oral-B or before I go to Colgate or whoever it is. 
I'll do that research up front. That doesn't necessarily have to be in social media. I might go on to over here, I suppose, Facebook or Twitter and say, mm-hmm. who's got electric toothbrush? What would you recommend? Um, so that's no different really in terms of what's happening here to in China. But to hear that the percentage have made up their mind before engaging with the brand is so high is is quite stark, isn't it? It just shows how much as brands we need to think about engaging with consumers before they're ready to buy. Um, you know, raising those early stage buying journey metrics up a little bit on awareness and interest yeah. and desire and those great things. Uh, but the difference then I guess in China is that you're doing that on social media, but then you'll also go ahead and make the purchase on social media as well. So you won't drop off onto an Amazon, for example. No, you'll go no, into the brand a, store. Beauty. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of social e-commerce, yeah. which is a combination of the social engagement of the brand building and together with the purchase. Uh, because you you don't need to, as you said, you don't need to go to Amazon. We don't need to go to TMO or JD. Yeah. We just we can do it very simply on WeChat and on, on any other um, social e-commerce. I just take WeChat as an example. Um, why we do that is I always said to my clients and my friends, if you want to find your customers. Uh, who 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 will buy your product? You just go to WeChat because WeChat is everything in China's daily life. You need to be part of people, consumer, real consumers' daily life, and you can get the the best of it. Um, so we we talk about the WeChat. We think that is a very good way to maintain the one on one relationship with each of your customer. Okay, so you're trying yeah, to try to store all of that relationship through the WeChat platform. Yes, that's true. Okay. As the, the one of the core um, essential of social e-commerce to build, that is like the relationship management, mm. how to create uh, the best relationship with your customers, your existing customers, and then trying to get their trust, their their endorsement, and try them to re, uh, to to create a lot of repurchase. So mm. that is the main okay. thing. Yeah, and I I believe in here in UK when the brand they want to start this conversation they mainly use like email because ever since this COVID nineteen things I become a member of Ocado we do every purchase online okay. from Ocado yeah. and I got oh gosh I got a lot of emails from Ocado <laughs> <laughs> different kind of information like the promotion yeah. the coupon yeah a lot of things and I feel that yeah you. Uh, brands here in UK are maintaining a very close communication via email, but in China, it's a different thing. Uh, we can see that, you know, China is not only Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, this tier one city. It has a very vertical cities like tier six, tier five cities, which those people, with those people, email is not a part of their everyday life. But WeChat is. But yeah, with the development of 4G technology and the development of the um, the smartphone, everybody get online through WeChat. We can see that majority of the Chinese customers, they start using WeChat even before they have the habit of email. I so see. That, that's okay. why if you want to create a very close communication with your customers. You use WeChat. And we can even see that WeChat is your email. WeChat is your WhatsApp. WeChat is everything you can imagine to create this link. So WeChat, So for those that aren't familiar with WeChat, over here you might be thinking WhatsApp. And I suppose that's a similar comparison, but WeChat has so much more rich functionality than WhatsApp, doesn't it? It's it's not just a messaging app. It's not. And it's a combination. We can say it's a combination of Facebook, WhatsApp, Amazon, Uber, (laughs) PayPal, (laughs) everything, you name it. WeChat is a yeah, it's it's a connection of the everyday life of people of Chinese people. Roughly, and what's the reason, penetration of WeChat within China? I mean, how many? What percentage of the population do you think use WeChat as a day to day? Probably quite high, <laughs> yeah. right? I uh, I can give you some numbers to show that. So WeChat is a core product under Tencent. You know, okay. Tencent yeah. is a 
like the 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 mother company of WeChat. WeChat is a corn product, and ninety eight percent of Chinese netizen are using Tencent products, different products. Ninety eight percent of Chinese netizen, and all Tencent products consume like over sixteen percent of China netizens online time. Okay. So they spend like over sixteen percent of time using Tencent with um, products, and under it, WeChat is absolutely the very powerful one, the number one one. Uh, I, I got the number; it is one point two billion MAU for WeChat. So, the, which is a really huge number. I cannot right. see even even my mother, my father, who are over seventy, <laughs> they are using WeChat. That's a right? good sign, isn't it? You know, because if, yeah, if I think about my mum, she's not very, using WhatsApp. <laughs> it's very convenient. So it yeah. just uh, depends on how much functions you are using on WeChat. For example, for the elder generation, they use WeChat. Uh, for the in- instant communication, but they don't use it for for online um, e-commerce because it, maybe they don't they don't have a bank card like that. They don't have WeChat Pay, but they still use WeChat for reading the news feed and they do the instant communication with their friends with their their. Got you. So you can just use a small portion of WeChat, but you're still on WeChat. Of course, you can use a small portion, and you can okay. use a full portion. Um, you can. Yeah, just everything. So it's it's running a very powerful app, and uh, WeChat used to do more focusing on the social function. But from everything's two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen, WeChat start to encourage the e-commerce part, which means uh, they have the mini program, which um, the brands can open their e-commerce store on mini program, okay. and. Yeah, it's they just want to have a more like a more direct purchase function, so that you don't need to have to engage with a brand and then you log out and log on to another app to buy things. So, so just, WeChat, WeChat basically is the platform. It's a bit like another Amazon, isn't it? It's another Tmall in terms of it provides the platform to open a store, but you have perhaps more flexibility. Um, yeah, they they have this. It's open function it's a it's it's a new function for wechat but of course wechat store cannot compare with pmo or jd it's different story and so the size of wechat uh, store is much smaller even the size of the social e-commerce is much smaller than than the platform e-commerce but the growing trend is very um, in, in in enormous, very enormous growing chain. Uh, last year, the the com- the e-commerce made on WeChat mini program has a hundred sixteen percent year on year growth, which is very outstanding. hundred sixteen percent year on year growth. Incredible. Yeah, but for for the traditional or the conventional platform e-commerce, it's just like thirteen to twenty less than twenty year on year. Okay, got you. You can you can see the difference. Although the size cannot compete with each other, but we see a new trend. And for for us, because we uh, we are more focusing on the brand on the marketing thing, it's not like the direct sales. We would like to create the um, a better integration with the the brand building, the message delivery, the customer relation, and the sales. So WeChat gave us the first time, and it gave us a good opportunity to, yeah, you know, to integrate it, the brand mm. building part and the sales part. Okay, so previously they were quite distinct. You would build the brand outside of the WeChat environment, and then drive traffic into WeChat to make that conversion, to make that sale? It's, a, it's actually the opposite. Okay. We're building the brand via WeChat system, and then we drive the customers to the platform e-commerce, like JD, like Tmall, to do the purchase. So and you're now hoping... WeChat gives the opportunity to do the sales within its whole own ecosystem, Got you. So, which is a, like a more complete circle for us. Because we we now can see the result um, of our brand building because it can directly goes to the sales 
Got you. That makes a lot of sense. And you can really see that's going to explode because, you know, one thing it's really hard to do is to get people to move. So if they're already in a place and you go to where they are, are you move into that WeChat environment and make it very easy for them to engage with the brand, but then to convert into the, into the funnel, then even better. So what sort of brands are you seeing? Who's making a success of this? Is it mostly uh, consumer brands, uh, FMCG? Where are you seeing the kind of big uh, early movers in terms of making a success on these mini programs or e-commerce within WeChat? Mm. Uh, from my um, observation, I think the, of course, the FMCG brands, they, they move fast and they are take early actions on this. Uh, and it's also simple to understand because for the FMCG brands, the core thing they are doing is to generate repurchase. It's not like you ask a person who just buy a car to repurchase another car. It's like you, you, you are selling a baby food, like you are selling a milk, and it, it is yeah. very important to always keep your name in the mindset of your consumer, your, your um, customers, and always ask them to repurchase. Uh, so uh, for the different category, of course, the FMCG are the pioneers and mm-hmm. the more more pro, uh, uh, more proactive in social e-commerce, but we also see that the category, the industry like automobile, they are starting to do this uh, because this is a good territory for them to build up the relation with their customers and build up the word of mouth. It's not like. Uh, we do the relation today and we sell car tomorrow, mm. but it's always good to get as many data, as many sales leads as possible and continue to okay. engage with your brands. Yeah. And for the, for the FMCG, uh, I can see that um, the, the baby, the baby industry is rolling a okay. big market. So I know we've spoken in the past about a brand called, I think, Little Freddy. Is yeah, Little, Little Fred is one example. So that's yeah. a really interesting one, isn't it? Because that's actually a UK-based company and brand. But over here, we don't really know of it. But it's a large brand making waves in China, isn't it? Which is which is really unusual. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell me yeah. about Little Freddy. How are they using social e-commerce? Little Freddy is the... Uh, I think Little Freddy, the success for Little Freddy is that first, it holds its root in UK, which make it the differentiation with the different other brands in China, because it is a UK orin- uh, original brand. Okay. And the UK brand has a very good reputation, especially in in mom's mindset. As I'm a Chinese mom, I can, I can understand that. <laughs> and the next yeah. one is that Little Freddy is targeting a very niche market, but they do a very successful business there. They are competing with other big names, but this, the other big names, they have different category. It's not only the baby food, but some, some other Okay. Things. They're also doing like the milk powder things. But for Little Freddy, they are quite focusing in, in this baby food uh, niche market. Got and you. Okay. They, and they, um, it's a premium brand, which means it has a quite expensive price. Uh, but this just uh, is very appealing to the China's uh, leading moms. We, we call them innovation moms. These moms, uh, most of them have very good income, family income, and they may have the overseas background. Maybe they have worked overseas or they, they have get their education in European countries. So when they come back, they, they, they are easy to get, uh, to, to, you know, to love the UK brands. And okay. also they're easy to spend more, um, a good choice for, for everything. Everything um, more expensive is better uh, to, to their children. So oh, I think yeah. Freddie, um, got this niche market and they, are, they know exactly who they are selling their product to. And then they use WeChat to create a very good daily conversation with their target consumers. So what um, does that daily conversation look like? Is that an interactive thing? Is that just brand building, advertising? What does that kind of, what does that relationship look like? 
and they they have different kind kind of engagement. And uh, I will take some of what Little Fergie is doing as an example, and also some of the other brands because you know not one brand can do everything. Very true. <laughs> yeah, for Little Freddy, uh, they are doing some educational um, work on, on WeChat because if you have a mom community, you need to know what is the best information mom wants to get from you. It's not only the uh, what kind of product I should buy, but more knowledge in parenting, in nutrition. So they work with the nutrition, the experts, and they do live streaming or they, they do like the educational articles. So these things will get, create a mutual benefit between the end customers. So that, that is the, the thing, the core thing they are helping. They're to, to just like they're helping okay. Chinese moms to be a good mom. So an educational-based program. Yeah, edu- yeah, educational. So this is one thing Little Freddy is doing. And also they're thinking to doing like some clubs, some mom clubs. How, how, can, how can they do more engagements with the moms? For example, like they can do some offline events okay. and to, to bring the online educational lessons to offline. So that is that is part of the things they are doing. And also Little Freddy is going to uh, different uh, other other brands. For example, the early the early education center, uh, which is like the nursery, but it's okay. quite yeah. commercial nursery uh, to, to have the kids from the very young stage and Little Freddy can go to this uh, educational center and to engage with their consumers and bring their consumers from offline to online to join their online mom community. Okay. And all that community is based within the WeChat wrapper environment, I suppose. So it's quite a nice use case of integrating online and offline. Yes, uh, online and offline, yeah. And also uh, Little Freddy, um, beside of the WeChat, they also do quite a lot of things within TMO uh, because TMO, the, the platform, they also have multiple uh, forms of branding and sales combination events. For example, they do like the live streaming. Okay. They have, they, Little Freddy have their own team doing the live streaming, uh, telling about how to make, food for your child and do nutrition things all of this educational i think educational information can delivered either in in form of live streaming or in the pr article and also like in some guidance some some white paper things like that yeah yeah okay so tmall you mentioned there's another one of the big platforms isn't it the big e-commerce platforms yes of of course that's the number one one of the um, one of the things you said that was really interesting about I don't know two three four five minutes ago amongst all the other interesting facts is the fact that uh, there's almost there's some benefit to the brand Britain almost you know there is an appetite in China for products that come from Britain or have British brand attributes I suppose yeah it, that must be a big opportunity then for UK brands uk manufacturers because obviously the size of the market is significant over there um yes. is that right is there is there kudos in brand britain have i got that message right yes that that's right and that's the main reason why we we feel so confident to start on rider here in london in uk because we we can feel that there is huge opportunities to the brand the, the made in britain brands mm. to go to china and uh, I also take Little Freddy as an example. And, and after we have do some market research, uh, reading reports from Barclay and from China's own media, we find that there is special interest for the moms to the British mate. Oh, and really? Okay. Advise, yeah, we advise Little Freddy to enhance its British image, not only in communication, but also putting a British flag on the product and on the shelf and on sales channel, wherever people can see Little Freddy, they can see a British flag. And that that works. Okay. Yeah, that, that works. Little Freddy is gradually picking up this idea. It's not like doing a completely new design of the packaging because 
it, you, you cannot do it in a short time, but they are trying to, for example, when they do the online live streaming, they will put British elements like the flag, like okay. things, things. I think flag is a very good idea because mm-hmm. you can easily pick up information of made in Britain from Britain. And uh, uh, they, they uh, for example, if they do the offline store decoration, they put the flag wherever they can. And that is a very good differentiation. Simple things like that make a big difference. That's true. People would like to pay more, especially for, I don't know why, but especially for moms. Moms okay. love brands from Britain, from Made in UK. And also moms are also interested in the education for the, the, the future education for their kids. So Britain has also a good academic background, which attracts Absolutely. And I know that if we, if we look at that just for a second, you know, the number of Chinese students that come to the UK for education, not just at degree level, but also uh, post or, or earlier studies, there's a huge number come to the UK. So there's obviously a demand for that educational product as well. Yes. Um, yes. Get, and, <laughs> I'm and I taking a different that, direction there. <laughs> yes. And I can see that um, because uh, UK is. Uh, from I, I think UK has a long history of the education communication with China. Mm. I mean, like 20 years ago or, or even 30 years ago, Chinese students start to take their higher education here in UK. And now they are the new moms in China. So they have the natural boundary. They, they yeah. know this country. Mm. They have been here and they know they, they have a very good understanding of how British people do the quality control and the, the all the creative things, mm. and they have their own image, and you know, uh, of UK. It's not like a new country, yes. and those are the leading innovation moms in China. That's Let's- it opportunities for the british brand let's hope that they keep their british appetite up given we're facing brexit so the end of that <laughs> deal maybe we can do a deal with china instead but yeah. um what uh, so if i was if i was working for a british brand and in my mind i'm thinking you know i need to start to think about going to china what are the i guess what are the key things to think about how should i start that journey Obviously, hiring your agency is a good start, <laughs> but if they decide not to do that, or if they're just thinking early, early stage strategy, you know, what? Mm-hmm. How would you tackle? How would you tackle taking uh, a British brand to China? Well, if if uh, to me, yes, definitely, I would think we are a very qualified partner for them. And what we are going to do is, uh, I think we will first start with a data lead uh, a report, like the analysis of the market. You understand the market size, where is the opportunities, uh, who are the people you want to target for, and what should you to, I mean, to tailor-made for so this. Cl- classic marketing strategy then, really, marketing yes. one. Yes, yeah. data is always the first thing we would advise them to do. And, and how, the- how readily available is data coming off the e-commerce or the social e-commerce platforms in China? Do you have access to a lot of data or is it quite a yes. closed shop? Mm, yes, different platforms and different usage. We have different sources to get those data. Yeah. And uh, we can, if we want to uh, have uh, understanding of the social bus, we will set the keywords and uh, work with the data suppliers. And we, we will have a close monitoring for, for a period of time. And we, we analyze it and we get the useful information out of it and get the advice upon that. And if we want to know what is the existing um, sales performance or, or different things relating to sales, uh, there is data bank of Alibaba. And the semi and also the similar products on the different other e-commerce platform, we can access to the data. Okay. Uh, but but it's not um it's authorized. It's not like you know <laughs> it's legal access to those data. Yeah, it's a very mature product actually. I assumed it was legal, Sabrina. Yeah, it's everything must be that. <laughs> I just mean it's a very mature product we yeah. can purchase from this e-commerce platform, and yep. then we do an analysis from it, and we we we. We, they have the report insight. So you can and do quite they, a lot of reporting and, and strategizing in advance before you test the market. Because 
if you can yeah. get data straight from the e-commerce platforms, that's very powerful. And, you know, if I look at what you might be able to achieve over here, I don't know how much data you could get from Amazon, for example, on search trends and purchase patterns as to whether they oh. would share that with you. Probably not at all. Um, but obviously, you're able to get quite a lot of rich insight there from your partners in China. Yes, in in Chinese uh, e-commerce, we get we we don't get the individual information of each consumer. We cannot get that, but we got a lot of insight from it. The the trend, uh, the the geographical and uh, uh, the gender, and what what do they what's their interest? Because one thing is that. I take Tmo as an example. Tmo is not purely a platform you go there to purchase things. It is also a media platform which you go there to consume the content. They have different channels like articles, like short videos, long videos, uh, creative things, a lot of things. And uh, by doing by the reading, we can analyze their interest. This uh, consumer, we don't know okay. who is this person, how old is she, but we know she love, uh, love uh, like like uh, she love drama. She read a lot of article relating to drama, drama, and she's maybe she's planning to have a baby because she start to get interested with different topics like that yeah, so that okay. is what we can get the analysis so it's not like um the amazon the things we get we can probably can get from amazon is how much time we purchase where mm. we live this very basic information mm. but from tmo and from like wechat we, we understand their interest their media consumption journey yeah their, yeah things more you know, it's not like more integrated information of the consumer. Because they have so much more involvement in the consumer's life, not just selling something, but providing the no. education and all that other rich tapestry uh, of activities. It's yeah. just like everyday life. Even they don't buy things, they yeah. spend hours on it. Got you. Okay, so we do the research. We identify that the addressable market is big enough to take the brand yes, to China. Yes, what happens we'll, next? We will start with the research with the data. Yeah. And second... Uh, because there, you know, there are huge um, partners we can choose. I mean, you can choose Tmo, you can choose WeChat. So for each of the brands, YouTube brand uniqueness, we need to develop the strategy. How do they establish their brand ecosystem in China? Include what kind of platform is the best approach for them? Not everybody should start with Tmo. Mm. Maybe you should be away from that giant, you start from another approach. So I think the second is that we would um, give them advice and to, to help them to build up their ecosystem in China. And what like would that what ecosystem do? look like in terms of the brand experience, so online assets, or would you say if you were to focus on WeChat, social commerce, just build up in that WeChat environment, for example? Yeah, that, that depends on the brand's main purpose. Mm. It's brand building purpose or it's building for sales or different or, or CRM. So we we get different elements and we do the evaluation of the different platform and we get them, this should be a better approach for you. And we can start and also depending on the budget. If you just have a small budget, so we start from the very common thing, for example, we just start from WeChat, creating a WeChat account for you and uh, start to add the different mini program or apps into your ecosystem. So okay. the, the step two is that we get them and we get them the strategy and okay. also we help them to establish this system. And the third three, uh, step three, I think that is a daily operation uh, because we we have teams in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou in China, and all of them are very experienced professionals and who can help with the brand's daily communication work. So we help the brand to do the daily you know, operation from the social to e-commerce and to everything you need. So from, a, from an operational and logistics point of view. Yeah, that's, that, that's true. And if uh, the brand also wants... Beside of the um, 
you know, besides of the communication, they need support from like the logistic, like they, yeah, we, we can also help them to bridge them to the right partners. Got you. So is there a requirement for a British brand, for example, to create a Chinese company entity to operate in the market space? Or can you just work through distributors, local uh, partners on the ground to look after all of that logistical side of your operation? Depends. It's it's really depends. There's there's no limit. You you can have your um your legal entity held by your British. It's it's okay. Like Brodock, it's a British held legal entity in China. Okay. Yeah, but you of course you work with different partners because I don't think uh, brands will do such investment to build up their on ground team. But uh, we, you know, when I worked in China, I worked with the German grocery Aldi, and they have their local team. It's a huge, huge company, and they build up every department within their own. Uh, but still, they ha- they they need agencies like us to help them to do the daily operation. But they many they, they don't like a partnership with the other company. They have their own whole company. So it mm-hmm. depends on how the strategy of the brand. Gotcha. Okay. To to many, to many marketers, they might be a little bit uh, concerned about the, about operating in China, uh, it being obviously a very different environment or culture to here. How could you, how would you suggest that uh, overseas or British Western marketeers manage the risk of going to uh, an environment that's so different to what they're used to? Yeah, I I know uh, for many of the British um brands they, they were feel afraid of China because first it's so far away and with <laughs> completely different language culture and everything. So my advice would be choose a trustworthy partner and rely on your partner because that will be very helpful mm-hmm. and that is why we are here. Uh, we we would like to to do this like this bridge and to be the partner who can help you to translate everything in China to to yeah to make the brand mm. understand and get in control mm. and yeah I think um I think uh, we we talk quite a lot of things about the sales and brand building and social things but for the uh, many of the British brands I think maybe top of mind requirement is the PR requirement. Okay. So this this is also one of the things we, we are doing, helping some of the, of the brands. Um, as I, I used to tell you that one of my clients is doing a trademark dispute in okay. China. So that is something they may be very sensitive for the British brand, for, for the European brands, like the legal-wise things, like the trademark, like the... Um, the advertisement regulation, so many yeah. things like that. Yes, and that is also a part of the business we can help with a brand that is true okay. to, to create a, a, a good a public environment uh, to protect the brand. Yeah. Okay. So this, this is another thing. <laughs> and also, uh, as I mentioned, the three steps, I think if I, I can add on, a fourth step is that Go we ahead. keep a monitoring of the brand health for the brand. Uh, one of our business is to do the brand monitoring, like the social monitoring and brand okay. health monitoring. So that is that is very important for the British brand because it's not like you start a business and then you lose the control of your brand. You don't know what you you can see the sales result, but you don't know what the people are talking about your brand. Mm. That that is very important because we we need to know whether our a message is effective to the Chinese consumers and uh, or what are their interests and how can we help them with uh, their interest to solve their problems uh, and also the way uh, are we a normal brand or are we with high popularity among the Chinese consumers okay. so all this information is very important so I would advise brand to do a regular monitor of your brand health in China yeah Interesting. Gosh, you know, I'm sitting here thinking I'm listening rather than interviewing you because there's just so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always too talkative. No, sometimes. it's not that. 
I'm just, I'm just absorbing. <laughs> I'm like a sponge here, listening to everything you're saying and soaking it all up. And I think I'm, I always feel that way when I'm talking to you, Sabrina, because you, you're such a deep subject matter expert on, you know, what you're doing and the services that you provide to help brands, you know, do more in China. So it's fascinating. I think when I listen to this back, I'm probably going to wonder why I didn't ask you more questions. But it was <laughs> loads of lovely information. So I think I was just. Yeah, we can arrange another time. Always, always open for this such lovely conversation. I think we might have to because I feel like we've been talking for about what 45, 50 minutes, and we're just scratching the surface of what is an enormous opportunity, an enormous marketplace. And a, a great chance for um, British brands or European brands to really um, uh, enter a market that they perhaps aren't established in yet. There's huge potential there. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on and talk about what you, what you can do. The other reason we haven't really looked at it at all um, is your experience of creating your new agency because it's you and your husband in partnership that have created yeah. this agency. I'd love to dig a little deeper on that. And, and you know, you've made a huge change. You've moved from your homeland to the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then we, we're in such a bizarre situation of COVID-19. <laughs> No, so yeah, so 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 new to us, and yeah. a lot of new experience, and we love new experience, and that's why we take this <laughs> good <you> job. Know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job you like new experiences, given um, what's happened over the last year, so year, year, year and a half since you've been here. But uh, actually, yeah, not that long, but yeah. We we we've moved here last June, so it's okay. literally one year. But you have been accompanying us for all this preparation, so it seems like a, such a long time. <laughs> it does seem like a while. I feel like I've known you for a long time, Sabrina. And every time I talk to you, I learn something new, which is nice. Um, but Sabrina, look, thanks so much for coming along and talking to me. If people want to find out more about you, if they want to get in touch, what is the best way for them to reach out and say hello? I think from this stage, the best way is to reach out from you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm very uh, frank, uh, frank speaking because uh, the website and other things are under construction and will be soon ready. Um, but I and I should take this opportunity to say thank you, Andy, and I really enjoy this kind of conversation and sharings. And I look forward, uh, you get what you want. And <laughs> Definitely. I look forward we can have more com com communications like this. No doubt we will do, Sabrina, and I look forward to it very much. Okay, thank you. Um.